This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Season 3 of Sequelizers. This is the show all about fixing bad sequels to good movies. If there was a good movie that was followed by a terrible sequel, you better believe we're going to try and fix it. Of course, as always, I am your host, Jack Chambers, and joining me are the two teams of titular Sequelizers. The team of Alec Plowman. Hello. And Stuart Ashen. Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for your contribution at this time. (laughs) And the Prince Charming and Fairy Godmother to their swamp-loving ogres, Tim Matum. Hey now, you're an (laughs) all-star. And Matt's Dogden. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) You just skipped the (laughs) get-you-get-you-on. As you might have noticed by all the Smash Mouth, (laughs) this episode might actually be one of the more controversial picks for bad sequels, because we're going to be fixing... The critically and commercially incredibly successful (laughs) (laughs) Shrek 2 from 2004. And yeah, this is a weird one, gents, isn't it? Because as as we'll kind of get into, as I'm kind of teasing the Rotten Tomatoes things here, both the first one and the second one score very highly. And it's kind of Shrek 3 is the real serious drop-off in in score. I mean, the fact is... They're all wrong, and yeah. Shrek 2 is where the rot sets in, I, frankly. I would say, as a bold opening statement, that Shrek 2 is the reason we have the Emoji Movie. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, you Whoa. may have something there. I would, I would agree. It's, it's, uh, Shrek is uh, an animated film that was very successful. It was pokes incredibly some, successful. It was a bit edgy, pokes some fun at the usual Disney um, formula that was kind of tailing off. Well, the thing is, it's DreamWorks stab at Disney because yeah. Disney and Pixar were doing so well with all the kind of stuff in the early 2000s. Shrek 1 is 2001, and it really kind of kicks off that boom with the kind of rivalry going on in this CG animated thing that happened in the early 2000s. It had a budget of like $60 million, the first one, and made nearly $500 million. Yeah. It was a fucking massive success. And yeah, it, it caused two holiday spin-offs there's a halloween one there's a christmas one there's three sequels a million video games and as much merchandise as you can possibly think of is there a kart a racing game there, there is must a kart, be a kart um, racing. there is smash and crash racing or something like that which is not quite crash team racing unfortunately but it, yeah it's terrible it's actually based on shrek 2 funnily enough as well oh, so and a musical that i did not know oh yeah. yes big big successful. yeah oh somehow i had missed that the makeup oh, yeah. for it is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I may have seen that without context. Like, the, just all of it them look meme, terrible. Like, the, the Shrek, Shrek is, is yeah. the Shrek is appalling, the donkey is appalling. 
I believe Lord Farquhar, the actor, like goes around on their knees for the entire performance to make them they make him possibly hire an actual dwarf. Yeah. Well, I look forward to never seeing that or thinking about it ever again. <laughs> I'm sure no one on the internet will send you pictures of it. I was in uh, Japan recently, and they do a thing over in Japan with Universal Studios called Cool Japan. It's a fairly new thing, and they do a lot of cool stuff and promote. Hence the name, yeah. So they're promoting like Attack on Titan and Godzilla or Shin Godzilla and uh, Monster Hunter and uh, Evangelion. Lots of cool shit. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Cool Japanese stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, like 4D films sort of things and all kinds of different tie-ins. Sorry, tie-ins. And then I got there and it was out of season, as it were, in October and all the stuff had gone back to the normal stuff. And it's like, oh, fuck me. Shrek 4D. And, and Minions. <laughs> and Minions. Yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. I couldn't give a fuck about but i'm pretty sure shrek is one of the most successful animated franchises ever that's so disturbing the character has his own star on hollywood boulevard not mike myers i assume mike myers does as well but shrek himself the fictional character and he's actually based on a fairly recent book it's from 1990 it's a children's like picture book think hence the storybook style of of the films the book has very little to do with the film, though, in terms of its tone okay. and its yeah. So it, it's a it's a kind of a darker tone in that it's he's like a very fe- almost like a feral ogre. He's not like hey, chummy and Scottish, hilarious kind of thing. It's kind of scratchily drawn, and it's very kind of obviously for kids and stuff like that. But he kind of accidentally saves a princess rather than doing what he does in the film and kind of actually becoming a hero. He just is a bit of a dick about it, and it's a weird kind of the fi- the first film is kind of an adaptation of the first book in a weird way, and then it gets way out of hand as we will discuss with Shrek too. I think that's the thing is that we talk about where the rot sets in, and tonally, although it has a lot in common with Shrek One, there is also like a significant shift when it comes to Shrek Two, and it doesn't feel like it's got any of the interesting bits of satire about Disney that were in the first one and it's replaced that with what would come to be that kind of shitty DreamWorks sense of humour where it's like we've taken uh, things that you recognise and made pun names on them based on the fact that this one's in fancy medieval or this one's under the ocean or this one's whatever. They just transport modern day things into a slightly different setting and that's funny for yes. those reasons. There's all pubs named after, like, modern things. There's, like, a PlayStation pub, but it's called something slightly different, because that's the thing. It's Joan Rivers, you know, like in the real world, but now she's not in the real world because it's different. And that that makes it a joke. Apparently (laughs) so, yeah. I'm so disappointed. It's only Joan Rivers in the US cut as well. It's Kate Kate Thornton from X Factor, something idle. I don't know, one of those things. She was a red carpet... Oh, interviewer slash person host from some ITV shit that nobody cares about. It does feel like they got the wrong end of the stick as far as what made the first Shrek work. It feels like a bunch of people turned around and went, okay, well, the self-referential kind of playing on pop culture thing, that's why people like Shrek, right? And it's like, well, people actually like Shrek because it was at its heart, quite a good story. <laughs> that that That's fundamentally why it worked. It, it had a bit of bite to it, but it, it fundamentally... Shrek's got sort of quite a strong moral message and things like that. that. A moral message that felt like it was different from your average Disney at the time. And for something that 
where the original is so unconventional in terms of the story where it's like oh he just wants to be left alone and he gets roped into this quest like completely against his will kind of thing and and it's kind of trying to subvert all the standard storytelling of fairy tales the sequels then just go like straight down the middle in terms of the most formulaic stories they possibly can do like oh what should we do in the second one have him meet fiona's parents what should we do in the third one give them kids and the kids are you know and it absolutely the first at its heart is kind of a parody film you know and it's got its own story but a lot of the humor comes in the parodying of situations some of it very obvious like the matrix stuff some of the subtle and yet by the second one it's become bogged down in its own story and its own lore and its own canon we don't give a shit guys like the, the it came because you were framing it around things that already exist and poking fun at them, and now it's become its own thing. It's not really its own thing because what it is is so goddamn weak. I think it's the as you both said, really, it's the subversion. It's the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, that well, Jack said that um, Pixar's taken off, doing huge. When Shrek One came out, is when Monsters Inc came out, and Shrek beat Monsters Inc for the best animated first best animated Oscar, which is fucking ridiculous um but the the disney side of things the regular disney features um we had atlantis and treasure planet and much as i like Treasure Planet personally brother bear and things and it sort of started tailing off in terms of what the fantasy genre could give it and what it usually draws upon so poking fun of that in a sort of parody kind of way worked rather well and people wanted more of that arguably but again as we said what they end up getting is just more and more and more of this really simplistic tired stab at humour. The way that animated family films are advertised where you can always guarantee there's like the Smurfs and Trolls and everything else that's coming out at the minute you can guarantee there's going to be one moment where someone says something shocking and somebody says, oh my blorp and a character effectively shits or pisses themselves. So a brain cloud will burst with water everything or something will just drop out the back of them like muffins or something. Oh no, that's crazy. And it's like, ah, the same joke I've seen 50 times over. And I genuinely think you can link that all the way back to Shrek 2 and the idea of what they thought was a joke at the time due to either a ed- genuinely possibly funny Eddie Murphy ad-lib or alternatively a pop culture reference that just got rehashed and recycled down this dark road. Because I think after this, DreamWorks produced Shark Tale. Correct. It's the same year. It's the same year. 2004. That's a bad one. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can even trace that back to the first Shrek to a certain extent mm. because there's lots of jokes that are that kind of sly slipping this past the censor type stuff about lord farquaad overcompensating with the size of his tower and stuff like that Mm. but i think it's definitely there's especially during this era this kind of mid to late 2000s there's such a divide between dreamworks where they will do here is a joke for the kids and here is a joke for the grown-ups and the grown-ups will typically either be pop culture reference or like you say like yeah slipping something rude that the kids may not necessarily like appreciate like puss in boots gets busted for weed but it's catnip yes and that's the thing it's not even it's not even a joke in the sense of what an actual funny joke is it's literally just a case of that's a thing you recognize yeah yeah whereas pixar have managed to master the art of doing jokes that are genuinely funny to the whole family within a single joke. Kids can appreciate them and adults can appreciate them and they don't need to be... It doesn't have this kind of whiplash back and forth between tones. And I think, yeah, like you say, Shrek and Shrek 2 
um, especially is is where that starts to really manifest and it only gets worse from there on out. Yeah, because also, again, we're talking about the, the reliance upon pop culture and, and, as you say, just literally trying to turn to a child and shake a colourful image in their face and say, that's funny, or turn to an adult and say, look, it's called Burger King because there are kings and queens here. It's like, oh, fuck me. But at the same... It's actually called Burger, Burger Prince. Prince. Oh, Sorry. no. Jesus wept. But, but, um... I can't get over that. Um, but, um... And the fact that Tim and I knew that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's... Just as a complete side note, I think Shrek 2 is the film that I've watched or rewatched most while sequelizing, and that makes me so depressed. <laughs> Just like going back and checking little bits where I'm like, they can't have made the joke that bad. Oh no, they On Wikipedia, they, they totally literally did. lists all the different references. It has like a pop culture reference section separately, and it just lists. I remember when Shrek 2 came out as well, seeing it loads, because this was right in the middle of the DVD boom and it seemed like everybody had a copy of that film on DVD or a pirate copy of that film. In addition, I find it frustrating that the jokes, the ones that actually are there saying, look, this is a joke the callbacks especially are literally the exact same joke again just given to a different character. It's like, oh that's literally just the same thing. And it's weird because some of them shouldn't really work because the character of Shrek himself, as these films progress, becomes worse and worse and worse. Initially, as as she said, there's a bit of heart to the first one, and while it does poke fun at the Disney um, sort of formula, it still adheres to it quite a lot. I mean, yes, it says, well, you know, women are strong and can save themselves, you know, and and not all beauty is what you think it is. And it's like, yeah, that's a decent enough message for it. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that, arguably. Um, but then the film goes on and Shrek becomes worse as a, per- as a person in inverted commas. Um, in the second film, he's completely a complete dick. And in the third film, an awful, monstrous person. Oh, that sounds silly because it's an ogre. Terrible but- father, a terrible husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you think, oh, this is just... He's meant to be the protagonist and becomes more and more hateable as the film goes through. What I feel with Shrek 2 is it feels in some respects like The Simpsons. Are you familiar with the theory of, uh, well, not the theory, but zombie Homer? The idea that Homer after series nine is no longer Homer Simpson because he knows that he is Homer Simpson. So Homer Simpson isn't aware of all of these features of himself that make him obnoxious so homer simpson doesn't think he's fat and lazy and doesn't think that he's a bad dad and all of these things and that's what makes it work but as the simpsons goes on homer becomes aware of this and there's an example in one of the latter gags where homer goes uh, they're at an airport and there is a boarding call it says um uh, boarding call for uh, obese men to get on the aeroplane and Homer Simpson jumps up and goes woohoo that's me and goes and joins a queue with comic book guy and other people and it's that thing of Homer Simpson in the past wouldn't have been aware that that he wouldn't no, he have got up that he argument, yeah. yeah I think the same thing happens with Shrek I think yeah. in Shrek 2 yeah. you have zombie Shrek because he is a Shrek who is aware that he is Shrek <laughs> and I think that that that's part of the problem with it because it's so referential and with all of the characters they're all aware that they're the characters that they yeah, are yeah they lead into the cliches of what they're supposed and to be yeah yeah this is a very early 2000s thing because uh, post modern 
stuff is very popular at that point in the post-Matrix climate. Everything is very self-referential. We saw this with Terminator 3 because that's a film that is so referential to, you know, making gags that don't make sense outside of the context of you've already seen the, the other Terminator movies. I think Shrek 2 does the same thing. I think that a lot of it's jokes are reliant on hey it's shrek you know shrek you remember shrek shrek knows he's shrek there's his and if you're playing yeah. the shrek drinking game you're dead <laughs> <laughs> so to summarize check yourself before you shrek yourself yeah. oh, <laughs> oh my god so before i get into a semi-lengthy synopsis of shrek 2 <laughs> here we go would you guys like to guess the rotten tomato score fucking 95 or some bullshit and I'm going to ask for all three, the first three, because fuck Shrek 4. Shrek 1, Shrek 2, Shrek 3. How, what percentage do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Alec, I'll come to you first. 1, 2, 3. 85, 80, 50. Okay, okay. 89, 91, 55. Okay. Tim. 86, 85, and then... 63. 90, 92, 73. None of you got spot on. Yay. I, mean, I think somebody said 88 somewhere. The first two are both Shit. 88%. Oh, I was they one off with equal, the first, but equal three off with the second. And the third one is 41%. Whoa. <laughs> it's a big drop And that would suggest we would be fixing the third one, but... It would. As we've just discussed, this is really where the rot sets in. This, this self-referential, it's a thing because it's... From the real world, but in this context, haha, that's Three a joke. Three and two had the exact same problems, but people didn't see it as a problem until They three. didn't realise it was a thing until three. Because yeah. it was already tired, because they're three years apart, each film is three years apart. So by the time you get to 2007 and Shrek 3, everybody's like, oh, God, these self-referential things, I've had enough of this. This has been happening, like you said, Alex, since Terminator 3, since 2001, since The Matrix, and then in the 90s, it's like postmodern self-referential family guy type stuff yeah exactly and the simpsons coming along we've been having this for so long now we're all exhausted when they thought oh no it's fine it's only 2004 we've only been experiencing this for a couple of years it'll be fine i i would argue we've already said that shrek is responsible for the emoji movie Mm -hmm. i would also argue that with its a reference is as good as a joke policy it's also responsible for the big bang theory Oh, oh. I, I actually cardinal sin. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing with this movie because no, most of it's not funny. Yes, hey. that, that that is correct. When we um sat down and came up with the list of films for this season, we all collectively yep. went Shrek two. All definitely. five, all five, absolutely. Of us did. Yeah. That's that's there, and it wasn't until we went to. Rotten Tomatoes that we were like, oh god, people like this. We 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 had just assumed collectively that this this got a critical drubbing when it came out, and then we kind of had to make an, a decision where it was like, do we go with what they're saying and or the truth? Yeah, and we were just like, no, no, we no, do not. We're the sequels. Yeah, we decide. This is this is where the rot. Set. I think we all felt so firmly that this was where the rot set in. But we also had this decision, because uh, while we had, I mean, we'd just come out of Ghostbusters 2, and if we're still alive at this point in time to upload this episode, after the furore of the fans saying, Ghostbusters 2 is perfect! We don't believe that they'll have, we'll have the same reaction for Shrek, because as much as Shrek made all the fucking money, and 
um, seemed to woo most of the critics for most of its lifespan and is still hugely merchandisable and all that sort of stuff, surprisingly, it's hard to find Shrek fans. And not because, like, the whole, oh, I'm a fan of the first one, Matrix style. People don't even give a shit anymore. Mostly lives as a meme now. Exactly. Mm. Various memes. Exactly. Yes. It's evolved. Shrek is love. Yeah. Shrek is life. Yeah. Let's draw a line under that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing that a kind of in our demographic as well in our kind of you know late 20s 30s 40s male demographic we're all the wrong age to have seen shrek i guess what i would have been 11 when it came out the first one came out and i'm the youngest of the five of us i was yeah i was right on the cusp i think i i don't know if i saw the first one at the cinema i think i might have seen it i think i might have seen it on video the first time because my sister got it for christmas so I was I 17, I saw it in the cinema. I enjoyed the first one because, again, I think it's all like poked fun at something. I thought, huh, I get it. Second one came out, I thought, and again, at that point, second one comes out, and I'm like 20 years old. I'm like, huh, this is stupid. And then third one's like, fuck this bullshit. And then the fourth one's like, you can get in the fucking bin. <laughs> and then Christmas, <laughs> and then the Halloween. Ah, donkey. Oh, look, He's it's Simon Cowell, everyone, being Simon Cowell, but... Less convincingly. No, Simon, they haven't even started the contest yet. And then he says, I think in the most awful delivery, well, I'm quite mean. It's what I do. It's like, oh, fucking hell, this is painful. There's a lot of bad celebrity cameos in these as well. We, we mentioned Joan Rivers and Kate Thornton, a person most people have not even heard of. As random, uh, you've got Larry King in the pub in the US version, who is Jonathan Ross. Oh, in the UK version, that I didn't and I accidentally watched the US version, and I was talking to my girlfriend at the time because she doesn't mind the Shrek films; they're just on in the background. Usually, when I'm watching things for sequelizer, she was like, "Right, I'm going to the other room. I don't <laughs> want to be dealing with Poltergeist <laughs> two and fucking Terminator and stuff." God is in his holy temple, <laughs> and um, Shrek is in his holy. <laughs> but she was like, "Yeah, let's watch Shrek two. It can't be that bad." And I'm like, hmm. I think it can. And I, was, and I was going, oh, this is the bit with Jonathan Ross. And then Larry King starts talking. I'm like, Jonathan Ross is definitely in this film. This is really weird. And I really freaked her out by the concept of like region, region-specific region casting for random voice actor roles. Uh, it's so annoying. Have a vision. Make your film. Tell your story. Don't twiddle it all about for different bloody areas. They have the jokes. It's Jonathan Ross. Everybody likes Jonathan. A lot of people don't like Jonathan Ross. So, yeah. Especially <laughs> not these days. I also saw the American version because that's the pirate copy I was distributing. <laughs> Stay tuned for Larry King, kids. It's your fave, everyone. Larry King. I'm imagining that I dubbed my own voice over. You doing a Larry King impression. Stay tuned for Larry King, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Flaw- flawless. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, speaking of the Jonathan Ross slash Larry King role, it is a bit weird because I know it's very difficult to... to, to... About to go down the politically correct route here, Matt. I am, I yeah. am, yeah, because it's hard yeah. to gauge it's a film weird, based on it? hindsight. It's like, well, it's like 17, 15 years wherever it's passed. It's hard to gauge. In the same way we watch like Revenge of the Creature and say, fucking hell, there are some problems here. But... It's really, really, really transphobic in yeah. every way. Mm. And most of the jokes do turn like, a man, a man, like a woman, bloody hell. And also, a woman burping like a man. Oh, fucking hell. Couldn't, oh, <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of shites. 
<laughs> and again, I know that's like sort of, I know there'll be like comments like, oh, you SJW anchor. But it is genuinely weird because again, as we said about Pixar and Disney, if you're going after that market and saying, well, we'll get them with the, the edgy stuff and the edgy stuff very quickly becomes, we'll get them with the, well, uh, offensive stuff. Yes. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Weirdly conservative stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Punch down, guys, especially in kids' films. Yeah. 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 It's a film that has aged incredibly badly as well, just for that reason. And one of the problem when you make, when your jokes are entirely based on references, is that a lot of those references now just don't land with a contemporary audience. It's like, who is this person? Jonathan Ross, for example, doesn't have nearly the cultural cachet that he had circa the mid-2000s. Unless you watched ITV at quarter to midnight on a Sunday, you See, pop don't culture know who is he is. The fastest way to age your film, unless you are very clever in what is... Uh, or have a good gauge of the temperature of what is happening at the time, and you can really think this is going to last. The most frustrating thing about Shrek 2's references a lot of the time is they're not even like of the period or contemporary references other than like, you know, the, oh, we'll get this person. They seem to be at least 10 or 12 years a bit of a drag. Or 10 or 12 is behind the current pulse of the generation. It's like, oh, you know, it'd be really good. Larry King. It's like, would he? <laughs> <laughs> for who? Um, and again, like with Jonathan Ross, again, for who exactly? It never has been. I mean, one could argue, oh, Simon Cowell. It's like, yeah, but 2000, I mean, it's really strange because, I mean, I'm pretty sure at one point when Donkey passes out, he makes a reference to a 1970s sitcom that I can't remember the fucking name of. That's probably Eddie Murphy improving. And loads of Donkey's lines are just Eddie Murphy ad-libbing. That's why he's the funniest thing in these films. It's because he doesn't adhere to that bullshit script. But I like when he's put in or, or controlled and directed by a better script, shall we say, you end up with Mushu in Mulan. Whereas when he's off on his own intention and not in any way um, corralled, you end up with Donkey, Series 4, being Series 4, sorry, sorry uh, by Film 4, being just brutally unbearable. So... Shall I get to my synopsis for the folks oh. who haven't seen it in a while? <laughs> Do it, certainly. Do it. So, Shrek and Fiona come back from their honeymoon after the first one, and they are invited to go and meet Fiona's parents, King Harold and Queen Lillian. Of course, Lillian and Harold are shocked to find out that she has married a bloody ogre. Yeah. Who would have thunk it, eh? Cool, blimey. Harold is then accosted by the fairy godmother, because it turns out it was supposed to be her son, Prince Charming, who was supposed to marry Fiona, not this crazy ogre. Again, who would have guessed? It's almost like it's from a fairy tale and it's just a reference to that. So, Harold then is kind of goes along with it and tries to lure Shrek and Donkey into an assassination attempt by Antonio Banderas, a.k.a. Puss in Boots. A.k.a. Zorro. A.k.a. Zorro. Which, again, a reference that is... Not a fairy tale. Old at that point. Remember, all the kids are like, oh, yeah, I love Zorro. I, I'm pretty sure it, uh, the second Zorro film did come out that year, but it's also a, it's also something that, as far as cultural references go, yeah, it's it's one that didn't age particularly well. We don't now go, oh yeah, Antonio Banderas was Zorro twenty one. No, years no, ago or whatever. I, I think we're more likely to say, oh yeah, that cat's a musketeer or something, yeah. or just he happens to be Antonio Banderas and. Again, I actually think, personally, sorry to interrupt your uh, synopsis there, Jack. I genuinely believe the 
Puss in Boots character is one of the reasons why the film did so stupidly well because oh, that, he spins off into his own movie and he is the merchandise and yep yep because that, that character is I believe genuinely entertaining for what it was I thought it was fine it had all the factors it would need for the kind of film but then you put him on his own like it is a spin-off and it's fucking terrible yeah it's just a budget Zorro movie and, and, and it's also completely arbitrary there's nothing about Puss in Boots that says this character should be a swashbuckling hero yes. yeah so Antonio Banderas had only played Zorro once before that. The, the second Zorro film comes out in 2005, which is a year after this. And the first Zorro movie is 1998. Yes. So it's a six-year reference. See, again, so behind the times. And yeah. sure, like, Antonio Banderas, I guess that was his defining role at that point. But, like, it's still not like, oh, yeah, awesome. Can't wait to see a cat Zorro. It's a weird... Anyway, back to the synopsis. Puss is unable to defeat Shrek and Donkey and... He reveals that he was paid by Harold and hired by Harold and they kind of then team up and that's how he becomes the kind of like, do you remember the gang? Because the kids need a new fluffy animal voiced by Antonio Banderas. <laughs> so they end up sneaking into Fairy Godmother's factory of potions and stealing a happily ever after potion, which is basically going to make you fall in love with the first person you kiss, which is her plan to finally reunite Fiona and Charming. Shrek and Donkey drink the potion... Shrek becomes a somewhat awkwardly handsome man that kind of looks like a fat Mike Myers, but they're all like, <laughs> they're all like oh, he's so handsome. But he looks like if you put if you pumped too much air into Channing Tatum. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of handsome, sort of. <laughs> Is there a correct amount of air you should be pumping into Channing Tatum? <laughs> yeah, the the amount that he has at the moment. That makes sense. <laughs> don't don't put no more in. Don't let any out. <laughs> Wait, he can never fart. <laughs> Only if he gulps a load of air in at the same time. My God, Tatum, what have you done? <laughs> Don't eat the beans, Tatum. The law of conservation of Tatum. <laughs> Channing's law, as we call it. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, he becomes like a weird sort of handsome dude and Donkey becomes a horse. And I guess they're, <laughs> they're good looking compared to their original selves. Uh, it's also like the donkey goes still... from being a grey brown ho- donkey to a white horse. Oh. Whitewashing. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> also, Rupert Everett took over voice duties from Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so, in order to make the change permanent and to stay as a inflated Channing Tatum, <laughs> Shrek must kiss Fiona by midnight and steal true love, or however the hell they describe it. The fairy godmother learns about this and then sends Charming in as the handsome version of Shrek and he basically tricks Fiona. Fairy godmother gives Harold a love potion to give to Fiona so she'll drink it in her tea. Shrek and Donkey and Puss then try and stop them. They're arrested but then they're saved by the gingerbread man, Pinocchio and the the pigs and all that kind of... The crew from the... The the, (laughs) the gang's back together from the first one, I guess, because why not? And they why think would, why would they stay friends with those guys, <laughs> right? Yeah, is with, I guess they kind of reunite the swamp in a way. But Shrek's still like, get out of my swamp, and then he's kind of everybody join me in the swamp. And then how do they know they're there? H- who knows? I think they know the address that he has a mobile or something. He just has a cell phone, as he says, something crap. Anyway, they think they're too late for the kiss, but Fiona then ends up headbutting Charming. So this whole thing that Shrek and Donkey do for the entire fucking movie is irrelevant because Fiona was just going to headbutt him anyway. 
And then the fairy godmother gets into a fight with Shrek and then Harold kind of sacrifices himself, gets hit with a spell, turns back into a frog and then reflects it back at the fairy godmother who then disintegrates because that's how magic spells work. What turns him back into a frog but kills her even though it bounces off him. What? <laughs> God, it's convoluted. Right? Yeah. Right? There's so, there's so much how shit going on. Unnecessarily convoluted, this film. <laughs> it just it, it feels like so much plot busy work. And yet the fact there's no real actual story. Yeah. It's so caught up in its own yeah. shit. So this is the problem, isn't this, it? This was what yeah. we were sort of saying to ourselves amongst the idea of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe, maybe three is where we should start. No, no, no. Two is a problem we all need to sit down and address. And the fact we were talking earlier about like <laughs> Shrek, terrible husband, terrible father, like like he's learned he learned the lesson in the first film. Like he and Fiona both learned the lesson that like, oh, it's what's inside that counts and like he should yeah. he should be more, you know, welcoming of, you know, new new people and stuff like that. And then Which in this like film the entire moral story of that first film. Exactly. That's the whole fucking point of that film. Yep. And then he has to learn it all over again in this film, straight again. Uh, like, he's just got back from his honeymoon and is already like, hmm, but what if it's what outside that really counts? Like, yeah. It's it's the Murphy Robocop 2 thing. Uh, at the end of the first one, Murphy. Anyone in the second film? I'm a robot again. Don't worry, everybody. We can start all over from scratch. They made me to remember him. <laughs> <laughs> And you also have the Harold Lillian dynamic of him being a frog and she goes like, oh, I'll still love you anyway. They're trying to retread that message from the first one, but that doesn't work because we've just spent the whole film going, but Shrek's handsome, sort of. Hey, come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, she kids. Likes, she likes you, an inflated You want to fuck tank. Shrek now? Because <laughs> <laughs> Shrek wants to fuck also, you. <laughs> also, there is a legit... On the subject of fucking, there is a legit problem with Lillian and Harold being in a relationship when he's a fucking frog. Because yeah. how does Alex that work? Alex speaks from experience. <laughs> yeah. no, no, Have it, you it, not seen that chimp fuck that frog? <laughs> <laughs> I think that raises that that entirely proves my point, does it not? <laughs> no, it is a really interesting and valid point because, I mean, it, okay, let's just take this down for a second. So, when I left the cinema at age twenty, wherever it was, when I watched Shrek two, there were a surprising amount of women who I'm not kidding when saying he's actually all right. He was okay after the end. What do you think? Ah, oh, you're gross. Oh, but I fucked Harold. Yeah, no, not the frog. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know the internet rule thirty four. So. You know, exists. King but Harold, rule 34, I'm on King, it. King Harold is a weird one because I, I get John Cleese as the role, that's fine, because he's delivers a, oh, hello, I'm John Cleese and I'm being awkward. Fine. But they don't really seem to address the fact that his wife has never known anything. But There's not like a, a minor thing about him. His entire being is either a lie or a projection or whatever you want to say about the whole thing. And by the end of the film, it's like, oh, by the way, for the last, I don't know, 60 fucking years... I have been a frog in a man suit, arguably, in a weird so way. So it's, it's legit, because I was trying to remember this, it is legit the case that the fairy godmother's like, don't you, don't you fucking ruin this, or I will tell everyone that you are straight up a frog. <laughs> yes. That's how she forces him in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's not the I'll case that he secret. just randomly gets to, it's like, no, he you, is are a frog. Up, yeah, you are he, straight he's, up, he's, he's the, the, yeah. 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 the But then the whole frog time. prince was, that's fine, because the, the frog prince turns into a dude. By being kissed by his true love. Yeah. 
That's like not his by weird in, magic of a, yeah. Ah. In the fantasy, that's the almost if if you want to go back to the sort of grim fairy tale mindset, that's the reward, as it were, the evolution from uh, from yes. beast to he, he to was man. he was prince, became frog, turned back into prince yeah. in the fairy tale. This is frog prince frog, and I'm suspect I know I'm segueing into Shrek three now, but. The first minute of Shrek 3 has a fucking funeral with frogs singing Live and Let Die. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, two is bad. It is, is better than the second one. <laughs> yeah. I'm it on knew. board. No, because it's like, oh, I'd be interested to see where you're going to go with this. Uh, now you're going to have this sort of squirmy little amphibian, <laughs> amphibious thing lying in the bed with Julie Andrews being all like, hello, my dear. Julie Good night. Andrews being like a... This this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> he just rolls over the night and kills him. That, oh, that might be how he dies. I don't remember. <laughs> also, while we're discussing uh, King King Harold and Queen Lillian, this film never addresses the fact yes. that they're terrible parents who locked their daughter up in a tower, yeah. imprisoned by a dragon. She she says something, and they're just like, "Well, it was for your best, dear." And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. And they're the good guys at the end. Especially considering he is a person who isn't a, for lack of a better word, person. Yeah, he's He's a a frog. He's a fairy tale person too. Yeah, he should be like, oh, I'm totally not going to... Hang on, it's his only daughter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Oh, no. See, I don't... (laughs) Uh, it's such a loose idea and a loose concept executed so poorly. But it's a it's a train track, if you will. Oh, oh my no. fucking god, Alec! I hate puns, but now I just hate you. You're welcome. Oh, you Shrek two of a person. <laughs> so su- surprise, surprise, we have a lovely happy ending. They return back to their ogre selves. Donkey's back to being a donkey, and then Harold just goes, "Yeah, I guess he's all right." Now I'm a frog and he's an ogre. I can't really be a judgmental prick anymore. Because he can crush me. <laughs> he, will eat, he will eat me. <laughs> golf's golf's going to be a fucking problem. But <laughs> he does make a joke like that as well, doesn't he? Something. Oh, the boys down the club are going to take the piss out of me because I'm a frog or some bullshit. <laughs> but I'm the king, so I should have them murdered. What was that? It, he, he does make a line something about that. Because Lillian's all like, oh, I still love you, Harold. And he's like, well, my mates, my mates are going to take the piss though, aren't they? <laughs> That's, that's my John Cleese. Oh God! Why, why, why was he not Michael Caine? <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know is why I've been turned into a bloody frog. Oh wait, I was a frog all along. I was a frog. I, I just did, forgot. I, Master Wayne, I forgot I was a frog. <laughs> <laughs> and it just ends with the party and a song because that's how Shrek ends. <gasps> yeah. 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 With there's another awful sexual mismatch in this film (laughs) because right at the the end the post-credits scene essentially yes the dragon from the first one shows up with loads of donkey dragon hybrids donkey babies yes my god what was going on at the Shrek writers room that just goes to prove they they needed more stuff to parody they needed to move it away a bit from just the fairy tale bring in some new stuff take the mick out of that and not get caught up in all your own bullshit well look I mean it's trouble of being a sequel to this kind of stuff eventually when you're parodying and satirising anything you through success become it so it's like oh we're going to take the piss out of like successful fairy tale stories uh, oh fuck oh fuck we can't take the piss out of what we're doing because then they'll be on to us boys uh should we just have a more fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> babies Shrek babies and drunky babies and froglets. <laughs> when they should have gone with Shrek in space. Shrek in space. Well, Shrek X. <laughs> Shrek in the hood. Freddy versus Jason versus Shrek. 
It's my swamp. So speaking of the success of the second one, I mentioned the first one had a budget of $60 million and made like $480 million or something like that. The second one has a budget of $150 million and made $919 million. Nearly broke a billion, yeah. It was the most successful animated film at, at the time. Oh, the time, yeah, yeah. It blew Up to like 2010, the... it was like one of the yeah, biggest... Yeah. And Shrek 2 also was nominated for like millions of awards. Like I mentioned, it's very critically acclaimed. It was nominated for the Palme d'Or at the 20... 2004 Cannes. Pre- premiered at Cannes. <laughs> it premiered at Cannes, yeah, like two wow. months before it came out. And received a standing ovation at Cannes. <laughs> you mean everyone left? <laughs> yeah. And we got the fuck out of like, Donkey Dragon Babies, I'm off. It, it also won five... People's Choice Awards, including Favourite Animated Movie, Favourite Animated Movie Star for Donkey, Favourite Movie Comedy, and Favourite Movie Villain for Fairy Godmother, and also Favourite Sequel. Uh, wow. Yay! One best sequel. It is weird how this movie really had its moment, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. It was... I wonder if people that do like it, if we do get these angry people, have watched it in the last ten years. Because we all have, and we fucking hate it. I think it... I think it did something perhaps at the time that felt quite fresh and then very quickly stopped being fresh and then became everything that was wrong yeah. with pop culture. Yeah, it's it's fish. In the sense that fish and Shrek films stink the longer they're around. <laughs> um, great at the time. I thought you were talking about the band fish. Nope, not even close. <laughs> no, no. They uh, also stink if they're left around Real too big fish. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, it, it's something that at the time was, as, as Alex said, just felt really fresh and original. Like, wow, no one's no one's been this edgy and quirky. You know what? I do recognise Burger Prince. Um, and then immediately was like, huh, this is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's okay, it's okay. But the longer you go away from the the further you get from that film, the more stupid it becomes. And again, I don't think anyone thinks, oh, should we... Uh, should we sing Shrek on? That's an old classic. People, it doesn't. I mean, it's not even would, that old. I would do that with the first one, but with n- not, like none of, sequels, none of no. the others. No, I think Shrek. Yeah, but the, the Shrek one, the first one, has that sort of. Uh, well, it has the the fortune well, it has of being the nostalgia first. as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, and the fact that it was it was pioneering that first sort of thing. That's fine, but eventually, as you, as I say, when you, if you can see what's come through the door that it kicked open basically you can see all the like when you watch certain noir films and films from the 50s you see all the cliches that become tropes of the 80s and so on and you think oh and then for, if I'm ever trying to show someone for like without saying condescending a younger person and saying oh this is stupid it's like no no, no at the time no one had ever done this mm. in Double Indemnity when they turn the car over and the engine doesn't start again it seems very cliche now it's like oh yeah alright it's like no 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 at the time no one had done that it was like Obviously, you turn a car over, engine starts. So there was genuine sort of panic that, oh, what, what, what's going to happen? They're going to get caught. Oh my, oh my god, this isn't going to, everything's going to fall apart. This is crazy. But then you get all these things and you revamp them over and over and over, and it becomes you know tired old hat, as it were. And Shrek Two is another great example of that, basically, where they do lots of things, where they have like a a celebrity cameo or try and reference something contemporary of the period or some sort of weird culture reference, and they've been so done to death now. They would just go, oh, fuck, that's terrible. But we forget that at the time, I don't think anyone was really doing it. That well, at the time, this did feel like a, a shot in the arm to animation. But it's just after everything that has come, you watch this movie and you're like, oh, oh. It really is where the rot set in. Have we have we all seen the picture of DreamWorks' face? Oh, which is yeah. the, the expression that 
in this period and, and going onwards, every DreamWorks character makes on the film poster, which is like uh, a lopsided sh- smirk oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. like one eyebrow up. Um, like you could, yeah, like audience at home, you can, yeah, yeah, you can Google it and it and it is literally like yeah. every character on every poster is making that face. Because you also have like Madagascar around that kind of time as well. And, yep. We've already mentioned Shark Tale and like. I mean, DreamWorks have gone on to make better movies than this, like How to Train Your Dragon, Monsters vs. Aliens is, a, is an underappreciated one. I also remember um, Prince of Egypt. I know it's an old one and straight. Oh, yeah. I love, them. I love um, that artistic style. was amazing. Yeah, and I think I think it's Shrek is just that that emblematic of that kind of very... It's, it's, it started off satirical, and then it very quickly became cynical, and they're two different things because you can be satirical and still have a heart and it very quickly loses any kind of heart yeah you mentioned shark tale and we we talked about that earlier that was also one of the films nominated for the 2004 academy award for best animated feature shark tale shrek 2 thankfully the incredible were beaten by the incredibles exactly yeah which is having a sequel this year funny enough that's gonna get sequelized that could be oh no no don't say that that could be a potential future episode yeah when we get season four, we get a very contemporary episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird bit of trivia. Wasn't um, Mike Myers' role was originally supposed to go to Chris Farley? Yes, yes it, it was. was. And he'd, Chris Farley had recorded like 80 to 90% of the dialogue. Oh, I did not realise that. He popped his clogs, old Chris yeah. Farley. And yeah. then... His bro- brother said like 95% or something. It was yeah. really, really oh. close to being done. I think in a per- well, not a perfect world, but... And we wouldn't have got Shrek 2. <clears> That's the thing. In, in, the in a world, if he finished it and we'd have been like a legacy and people would say, oh, we, you can't replace Chris Farley. You can't do this. Yes. There'd be no one who'd be able to give that kind of energy. Because it was still, it was still, everything else was still the same, wasn't it? Intended, like, it was still Eddie Murphy. It was yep, still the rest Terrence. of the cast is, is yeah. absolutely identical. No David Spade mm. to be seen anywhere. But uh, then I think, I'm pretty sure they also had to chuck out, not only for the fact that recasting Farley as Myers, but I'm pretty sure Myers didn't immediately come in with the Scottish voice. And they had to yes, chuck out tons Fa- of Because Farley didn't do the Scottish voice. No, it's just American. The, the yeah. Scottish voice is him reusing from So uh, You Married Him, Axe Murder. So Murder and, and uh, Austin Powers too. Yes, of course. Yeah. Are, are you guys familiar with what Mike Myers has been up to most recently? Yes, and it's ridiculous. With the, uh, is it called the Match Show or something like this? The, the Gong Show. Gong Show, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Where he has been playing an ageing British game show host who has then been hosting this remake of an old format of game show on a i can't i don't know what channel it is in the states but the all the promotional material is refusing to admit that it's oh, mike myers, myers yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. this uh, and then i think at the end of the season they were finally like guess what it was mike myers the whole time and everyone was like yes we know it's clearly mike myers in makeup <laughs> so that's why shrek 2 is shit don't comment. Don't tell us. Don't at me. Fuck you. Don't at me. Don't at me, Fuck you. Because we're right. You're wrong. It needs to be fixed. And speaking of which, I'm going to come to Alec and Stuart first. What is your team name for fixing Shrek 2, please, sirs? I don't like our, this giggle you've got here, Alec. That, our that worries team me name every time. Is when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious Shrek. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God, that was a long way to go. <laughs> so, let's get into your pitch a little bit then, shall we, gentlemen? Certainly. Our film, much like the actual Shrek 2, made in 2004, and this is called Shrek 2. The 
future. <laughs> that and was Jesus. Jesus that was weird. <laughs> Fuck me. I was actually looking back and forth between the mics, and I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 where's this going?" <laughs> I didn't. Re- I thought like Shrek Two, the future, and I was like, "Wait, what? I don't understand." Where's <laughs> if it's Shrek Two colon the future? That's what. <laughs> 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 what? So for our cast, we have Mr. Shrek, the lovely ogre, played by Mike Myers, of course. Fiona, Cameron Diaz, Donkey, Eddie Murphy, King Harold, John Cleese, Queen Lillian, Julie Andrews. Why not? They did the job well. John Lithgow returning as Lord Farquhar, Frau Truder, Helena Bonham Carter. She's our new one. And directed, of course, by Robert Zemeckis. Because why the hell not? Is he going to want to mocap the whole thing? <laughs> yes, really horribly. But we didn't let him. <laughs> With um, music by Alan Silvestri. Wow. I, I think that makes complete sense. I like, yeah, I like a bit of Silvestri. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. that makes sense. The synopsis. Shrek and Fiona's happily ever after is threatened when the villainous Lord Farquaad returns. Cast into a strange new land by his evil magic, will Shrek and Donkey make it... Back in time. Fuck oh my god. <laughs> For a man who hates puns, Matt, how are you feeling right now? I feel sick. I don't get seasick, but I think that's what seasick feels like. I feel like this is peak Plauschen's chemistry going on right now. Man, wait till we tell you what we nearly wrote at the end. Yeah. yeah. This almost went completely off the fucking deep end. <laughs> Shrek 2, frog fucking. <laughs> Shrek 2, the Elder Gods. <laughs> I think... Shrek 2, Pazuzu. I think, I, think, I think it says something that we got to a point where we went, fuck, we've gone too far. We need to pull this back in. So, their opponents, Matt and Tim, <laughs> mm-hmm. what team name are you going for? We had a lot Shrek of uh, ideas initially. Um, the one we had almost up until up until recording, Tim, would you like to... Well, it was, was uh, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe Malfunction. Mm-hmm. See, that's good, yeah. It's, it's good, new stuff it was, to point out. It felt yep. a little too long. And um, I, I, I had a I wish Alec had the same idea. <laughs> I had the idea really of at least you going with Shrek's love, Shrek's life. I thought, no, let's not go down that dark yeah. fucking road. Um, so we are called Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we explained that before. Just Chris Farley. Just Chris Farley. <laughs> it's cleaner that way. <laughs> we are. So many ideas like, oh, Chris Farley's folly. Oh, Chris Farley's ghost comes. No, Chris, like, no, no, Chris, Chris Farley. Farley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Farley. I think these are the two best team names in a single episode. <laughs> I would argue worst. <laughs> Let's get some more information from Chris Farley. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so our film is called Shrek 2, Happily Ever After. Returning cast, we have Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy and Cameron Diaz, all reprising their roles from the original. New cast, we have Drew Barrymore as Queen Emily. As King Spencer, we have Charlie Sheen. And as Old Man Frog, we have Keith David. Who, uh, <laughs> slightly different to John Cleese. Yeah. As a frog character. Uh, yes, who, uh, surprised, also, funnily enough, uh, appeared in The Princess and the Frog, uh, the oh, latter Disney film. So we're releasing this in 2004, three years after Shrek, much like the real film. The directors will be Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois, uh, who did Lilo and Stitch and How to Train Your Dragon. 
and the composer will be Harry Gregson Williams, who did obviously Shrek and Chicken Run, the Rundown, Team America, because he has that sort of grandiose, sort of big bombastic sound for fantasy, but can play it off quite nicely. Oh, he just does our school. Yeah, our don't don't. Soundtrack oh. is. Uh... I, I, I'll t- I'll tell you something after after Tim's done the the elevator pitch. I'll tell you I'll tell you a little thing. So our, our elevator pitch is. As Shrek and Fiona settle into being married, their idyllic life in the swamp is disturbed by a wave of fashionable settlers seeking to establish a new town. While Shrek is slowly tempted by the newcomer's way of life, Fiona investigates the origin of the visitors and finds a connection very close to home. So a bit of a behind-the-scenes look here. So what we do is we tend to divide up on on this particular team. We took the eight episodes of Series 3. We sort of halve them between, right, you take the lead on this one, I'll take this and this one, came up with the ideas together, went away, and then sort of sent out. Except for Shrek 2. Shrek 2, Tim said, I got this, I got this, (laughs) and said, I've got a great idea. I said, okay. Uh, okay, and, and that, I trust that was that was about four months ago, and then I proceeded to finish writing it earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this pain. Tim, Tim, th- this is the thing. I stand by Tim. He's my teammate. I love him. We're going to win. I, I can't say I have any confidence, but we're going to win. But Tim had a concept, and I stood by the concept. Yeah, I'd, should I explain that now, or should I should we wait until we wait until next week? I think week. we're going to wait until That's next a nice week. Tease for next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. there's some deep thought. Yeah. Well, no, not deep thought. There's some very shallow <laughs> thought behind it. Yeah. So it was brilliant because we had a discussion saying, it must have helped, again, have we gone too far with the concept? And thankfully, I think it's both a great concept and a great pitch we've done together. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Hey, Reggie Robinson. See you next week, bitches. <laughs> yeah, we will return next week where when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious Shrek versus Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best sentence I've ever said. Ever. <laughs> oh, my God. We've done well. Oh. Have we? You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. This is gold. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.